Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast Show. I am your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, father, and army veteran. I'd like to introduce you to my co-host. He's a Christian, devoted husband, and father, uh, and my brother. What's up, Jason? How's it going, bro? Uh, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, uh, well, welcome back. We're back. We're back. I remember <laughs> I remember. Uh, I remember that... Uh, <laughs> this, guy, this guy said that I think it was Marshawn Lynch when when uh yeah. oh when, yeah 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 I he's, heard he's that beast was over back and <laughs> so we are finally back and uh we have a excellent episode for you um it's uh with a gentleman named Chris O'Leary how you doing Chris good how are you I'm doing good and uh yeah like I said uh before we started I want to thank you first off for your bravery. Thank you, uh, Emma, from the Imagination Podcast for connecting us together. Uh, she is uh, a gem out there doing, doing really wonderful things. And um, I, I, I really enjoyed the episode that you did. So, um, yeah. So if you want to start out, you can kind of start start off uh, with your with your testimony and um, and everything that you would like to talk about. I have, you know, a few questions and a few things to add as well, you know, in between. So, yeah, go ahead, sir, Chris, if you could. So I'm a survivor of the catholic sex abuse crisis uh if you or your listeners have seen the movie or heard of the movie spotlight uh which won the academy award in 15 or 16 came out seven years ago or so my story is basically a sequel to the movie spotlight so when i was a child uh this is basically 77 to 1981 here in St. Louis at the Church of the Immaculata, which is in a suburb of St. Louis, you know, 15 minutes from downtown, just up the hill from the Galleria Mall, if you know St. Louis. Uh, I was sexually exploited, abused, and assaulted by a priest named Father Leroy Valentine. Uh, abuse that, and this is, there are a couple points where things get worse. Uh one abuse that was witnessed, at least in part, by Timothy Cardinal Dolan, uh, who was then at the time Father Dolan, is now Cardinal Dolan, the Archbishop of New York, uh, one of the most powerful people in the Catholic Church. He's in Rome right now attending Pope Francis Synod. Uh, abuse that continued at my Jesuit high school, St. Louis Hugh High, in the locker room where basically the the locker room was not monitored at all by the by the coaches and jesuits certain jesuits uh novices and priests would i don't remember i don't know exactly what happened to everyone but basically i took a shower once at, at my high school and i found a guy looking at me which triggered me and really kind of ruined high school for me uh because i wasn't protected uh you know, and then things got really bad in the aftermath of Spotlight. So the 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 Spotlight movie chronicles the writing of a couple of articles, and then a whole series of articles in January two thousand two, talking about the sex abuse crisis in Boston. Uh, those articles came out in early January two thousand two. Basically, the movie covers the second half of two thousand one. The articles came out in January two thousand two. Uh, a couple weeks later. The New York Times ran a piece in early March, I think March 3rd, 2002, that named my favorite priest, one of my favorite people from my childhood, Father Leroy Valentine, as an abuser. 
And that really kind of rocked my world because, you know, up until that point, Father Valentine had been, you know, like my favorite person and certainly my favorite priest. So it was really strange and disconcerting to see him named as an abuser. So I ended up, so I, and I had a, a series of memories, a number of memories uh, that I went to, that I brought to KSDK channel five. Uh, they wanted me to talk on camera, but I didn't want to talk because I didn't know what my memories meant. Memories meant. Uh, I called the circuit attorney's office. They never called me back. I have to assume because of a statute of limitations problem. And then I called the Archdiocese of St. Louis, which was like the greatest mistake I've ever made in my life was going to the Catholic Church in the Archdiocese of St. Louis for help. Uh, get a call back from, by then, Bishop Timothy Dolan. Uh, hey, Chris, Tim Dolan, Bishop Dolan, how you doing? What's going on? Uh, so I told him a set of four memories and Bishop Dolan immediately, without any investigation, basically said, you know, I have known... Leroy Valentine forever. We lived and worked together at Immaculata. We were at the seminary together. I know he didn't do any of the things he's accused of. I know he could never do any the, anything to hurt a child, which was good enough for me. So I basically get a clean bill of health by now Cardinal Timothy Dolan. Uh, he did send me to another psychologist who also gave me a clean bill of health. He Dolan sold her as an independent psychologist, uh, she turned out to be the assistance coordinator for the Archdiocese of St. Louis, so not exactly independent. Uh, oh, she said she said I was just misinterpreting things. What were you gonna say? You're on mute, bro. Um, so what I was gonna say is during this time, the the that big accusation hasn't came out yet. Uh, right. You know, like okay, so during this time, basically they're they're still hiding it under the rug, basically. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. right. Go ahead. Well, and that's and that's one of the that's one of the points I want to make is that okay, so things did come out in two thousand two, but things are still being hidden to as of today, twenty one years later, twenty one mm -hmm. years after Spotlight, uh, a lot of, and I'm actually writing a book and trying to put together a documentary about Spotlight. Do you know uh, the name of your book yet? Just so we could shout. Well, it, it will. It well, the the keywords kind of are sequel spotlight and me and change okay uh so it's if you search for sequel spotlight you'll come across my page where i'm working on stuff okay it's okay. it's still at an early stage but it kind of gets the point across awesome. but you know that's part of the point is to get people to understand how little has changed in the catholic church with with that with what Cardinal Dolan did to me in 2002 being a perfect example of that. Now, technically, that was before the Dallas Charter and Catholic survivors had rights and everything. But the fact is, is that the majority of what the Catholic Church has said about, uh, you know, helping survivors and everything is a lie. It's just it's just PR. 95% of the Catholic Church's quote-unquote response to survivors is a lie. And you know, I don't, around this survivor stuff, there are various, you know, kind of what I've labeled as conspiracy theories, people talking about MK Ultra and mind control and that kind of stuff. But, you know, what's funny is I can, I, I actually, I disregarded a lot of that for a long time, but I can actually talk to a mind control 
kind of story involving Cardinal Dolan. It's really, it's really kind of strange. So I, Just, that's exactly what they were doing to you because that other guy was covering for him, and and they're trying to bury those memories. And then your next psychologist tried to bury it even further. And then you're like, am I crazy? You know? No, no. That, and I'll, that, that right, is so, a form of mind control, right? Well, no, you... I'll tell, I'll, yeah, I'll tell you that story because I, it used to piss me off and I thought these people were just cosplaying around it. And I thought it was, I thought there was a lot of BS, but the fact is that happens to my story. Well, when you hit, when you get traumatized like that, it, 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 it's you, you start to believe anything like you, right, you know, right. Well, so that so, is mind control. You is right. you try you you put somebody into some intense trauma and then you break them, right? And then you basically well, yeah. Let it. me let me pick up let me pick up that story from from kind of where I left off, basically. So I talked to Cardinal Dolan, uh, like it's like March 6, two thousand two, in the aftermath of Spotlight. He refers me to this quote unquote independent psychologist. I assume her name was Nancy Brown. I ended up meeting with her in this building in St. Louis. Uh, this is all early March 2002. Skip ahead 10 years later, and, and basically between Cardinal Dolan and Nancy Brown, they sent me on a 10-year wild goose chase. By May 2011, I've been in therapy with a with a truly independent psychologist, and he eventually persuades me that I need to go back to the Archdiocese of St. Louis because my memories regarding Father Valentine may in fact mean something. So I go back to the Archdiocese of St. Louis in May 2011, meet with the review team, go through the whole process that the Catholic Church and everything lays out and everything. And it was that was just a complete sham. But the worst part was, or one of the worst parts, is during that meeting, I tell about my conversation with Cardinal Dolan and Nancy Brown. And they go, whoa, 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 whoa. We have no, we have no idea what you're talking about. We don't know what you're talking about in, with respect to uh, Cardinal Dolan. We have no idea what you're talking about with respect to Nancy Brown. So then I leave that meeting and I drive to the building where she is, or I try to drive to the building where she is god and this is <laughs> this is this is the, this is this is the worst you want to talk about mind fuck kind of stuff uh i try to drive to the building where she is and i drive to where i i know the building is to the street where i know the building is it's like a it's like a 10 minute drive or something and I literally cannot see the building. And I drive past the building 20 times on that day. And over the next five years or so, I drive past the building like 100 times. Whenever I'm in that part of town, which is Clayton, I drive past that place where I know the building to be. And I cannot see the building where I met with this woman that now Cardinal Timothy Dolan referred me to. And I assume that she was the coordinate, the assistance coordinator for the Archdiocese of St. Louis. And it wasn't until five years later, it took me five years to be able to see that building. Wow. Now, I don't know what that was and what that happened, but I will say that in that meeting, when I met, met, met with the Archdiocese of St. Louis in 2011, there was a lot of manipulation going on. Uh, 
you know, they had lawyers there to protect themselves, but there weren't supposed to be any lawyers. And, you know, the, the whole thing was just a, it was a complete disaster. So, but it was also incredibly disturbing because there was that, that yeah, MK have... Ultra, whatever the hell that was. Okay. So, uh, question for you. So, do you think that these men are like uh, predators beforehand and then they get into these positions so that they could be around children? Or do you think that the celibacy of the Catholic Church uh, suppressing their sexual desires, uh, you know, it, it says in uh, Genesis 2.18, uh, it is not good for a the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So, you know, uh, do you think it is is that suppression of sexual desire or do you think that these gentlemen are predators in the beginning and they're just trying to get into these high positions to be around children what do you think both yeah i was gonna say yes i i I do think i don't think celibacy is going to be the complete answer because i do think there are predators trying to get into the church uh i do think that celibacy would open up the it gives you more candidates to choose from to make things less like to to make it less necessary for you to choose bad candidates well and here's and here's one of the things and some will say this is a conspiracy but i've got a document so one of the narratives of the catholic church is oh my gosh we were just as surprised as you were to find out that we had predators in our midst this document and the research that i've done suggests that that's just complete nonsense Essentially, what happened is in the 60s and the advent of Vatican II, which is kind of the big reform for the Catholic Church, and and the 60s kind of changed the numbers of priests available. So they had a recruiting crisis. And I think you said you're ex-military, you'll kind of get this. So a large organization, when it faces a recruiting crisis, generally what they do is they lower their standards. Yep. I think that's what happened with the Catholic Church is they've got they've always had pedophiles wanting to get in and they've generally filtered them out but around 1970 or so they stopped doing that filtering because they needed to keep their numbers up their recruiting numbers up and you have to understand the incentives just as just as their incentives for army or military recruiters to bring in kind of whatever candidate and get a little squirrely with stuff there's the same incentives are in place for the Catholic Church because you know there are two there are two prestige currencies in the Catholic Church. One is money, which is Cardinal how Cardinal McCarrick got to be the big deal that he was because he was a he, he showed him the money, and then there are there's vocations, which is new priests, nuns, that kind of stuff. I think what happened in the seventies is they they lowered their standards, they brought in more of the predators. Uh, they got less selective. And, and the kind of the worst part is, is I actually have a document that's still on the Mary Queen of Peace, my former parish website, that suggests that by 1975, the Archdiocese of St. Louis had in place a program to manage predators. It, kind of the opening scene of, of the movie Spotlight kind of gives the impression of that, uh, that you know, basically the the police are running interference for the archdiocese, and the archdiocese know that they they you know they Boston knew that they had a predator in in Father Gagan, and they just kept shuffling him, and they kept yeah. protecting him. I and I have a document that strongly suggests at least the presence of a similar program in the archdiocese of St. Louis by 1975, which is way before they admitted to knowing anything. 
Yeah, and this is supposed to be a godly organization, you know. <laughs> um, that's the thing. Yes, that, so that... much, so much for the whole Jesus thing. <laughs> now we are Christians uh, here. You know, we we love God. We love Jesus. Uh, this is a Christian program. So, uh, and I'm and I and and I should to be clear, I'm still a Christian in some ways. I'm actually a stronger Christian. Yeah, this have... has to make you stronger, and <laughs> also you're able to pull the deception back of the Catholic Church. And now anybody that's listening that's Catholic. And if you're right. still Catholic, that that is that is everything you want to do. You know, there's just a few things that that you know. There's a lot of things that we've studied and and exposed on this show spiritually that are wrong. You know that you should not be doing. You know, praying to the dead, praying to uh, Mary, uh, all the uh, you know the paganism and the Christianity that got mixed together and blended uh, back in you know when when uh, uh, Constantine came uh, about. You know, there's a lot of different things that we've talked about. If you guys want to go back to our pr- previous episodes. But um, this well, is just... and let me and let me say that I've I've come to see a lot of that stuff, and I see a lot of that stuff as a root of the problem. You know, the, the, I have I have huge problems with the Eucharist because it seems to me that the Eucharist is becoming really simply an idol. Uh, there's a lot of idols in there, yeah, and uh, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot. Of I idols. get well. That's you know, about five years ago, I really started to get kind of Martin Luther. I got where Martin Luther is coming from in the Protestant Reformation and and the reformers and everything. I I see, I see what people are talking about. I get it. I've lived it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. You've lived it. Now you're a Christian, so you, you know you could start to see that. So. And another thing, uh, like if you read Matthew 8, 6 through 9, if anyone causes one of these little ones, uh, mm. those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to hang a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. So, you know, that it, it says if your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off, throw it away. It is better for you to... Um, enter your, your life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and to be thrown into eternal fire. So um, the thing here is they're talking about if, if there's something that's causing them to stumble to cut it off. Right. And this is just a physical body. And this is, this is a, uh, uh, you know, that Jesus is referring to, you know, um, so that that's what, that's what they're supposed to do in the church. They're supposed to cut well, it and, off. And let me, <laughs> let me, let me make, let me make this point. So the hierarchy of the Catholic Church, and let's let's distinguish between the hierarchy of the Catholic Church, the bishops, cardinals, and the Pope, versus the lay people and most of the priests. Uh, the hierarchy of the Catholic, and this is, I think this is a term that comes out of California, there's this concept called blood in, which you see in some of the gangs. Blood in, blood out, yep. Yep, which means you don't get into the hierarchy, you don't become a, a trusted member of the gang unless you commit a crime if not a murder mm-hmm. i believe that that same standard applies to the to the hierarchy of the catholic church in that the hierarchy of the catholic church is composed of two kinds of people either bishops who themselves are predators and i've been told of multiple multiple catholic bishops who are themselves predators these were guys and priests who did the same thing to guys that i know that was done to me by my abuser who was just a priest. But these, you know, some, some of these guys were abused by guys who then became bishops and archbishops uh, or the hierarchy of the Catholic church is composed of enablers like uh, Cardinal Timothy Dolan, who saw and turned a blind eye to my and our sexual abuses, children, and then did even worse to me and to us in the aftermath 
of spotlight in 2002 and and the dolan the dolan stuff is really kind of twisted because you know so so march 2002 i come forward i've got a document that proves that at least one other person came forward in march 2002 so by mid-march 2002 dolan knew of five accusations against father leroy valentine uh and then by the end of March 2002, I know that Dolan had six allegations against Father Leroy Valentine, which actually forced him and the Archdiocese of St. Louis to remove Father Leroy Valentine. But Dolan never circled back to me to say, oh, hey, you know how I told you nothing ever happened. Uh, we actually just removed Father Valentine. And I and I actually know that sixth person who came forward and he's he's really horribly traumatized because he doesn't want to go up against cardinal dolan he's terrified of going up against cardinal dolan in the church because he and they have seen what's been what's been done to me but they it's, you know it's, that it's, that passage you said they don't they don't take that seriously but i do which is why i'm here and i appreciate the the opportunity so well and it's also like there's a this this big machine that's moving you know and there's also the jesuits which if you look at them through history, you know, there's been a lot of poisons, a lot of murders and a lot of stuff. Well, in my, my on one side, the right? high school where the high school where I was abused was a Jesuit high school. Yeah. So you got that going on. So that's kind of scary for you. And then you have the Catholic Church of people just t lying to you, trying to hide everything, just moving priests from here to here to here to here. Right. And, they're, and they're trying to play games with you. And then you have the government not doing nothing. You know, they're not doing anything. They're allowing the church to police their own guys. Well, if and somebody let me... commits a crime, the police and everybody needs to step in and arrest these people. It doesn't matter if they're popes, uh, cardinals, bishops, it doesn't matter. You know, well, and let me let me make let me make a point to that, that this is a this is a bipartisan problem. So so Joe Biden is incredibly creepy that's that's obvious they seem to they seem to be handling him better but there are plenty of incredibly creepy pictures of joe biden out there or videos. however there's videos of him touching kids no i know yeah exactly yeah, but to the, put to the to the same point on the other side of the political spectrum just to prove that this is a bipartisan problem so my story involves and implicates former missouri attorney general now united states senator josh hawley former Missouri Attorney General, now United States Senator Eric Schmidt, both of whom are Republicans, and both both of whom helped protect the Archdiocese of St. Louis rather than the people and the children of St. Louis. And I'm, you know, I'm a conservative. I'm I'm fairly conservative in part because of the stuff that happened to me. You know, you have to punish people for bad stuff or you're going to get more bad stuff, basically. Yeah. And what happened is United States Senator Josh Hawley, United States Senator Eric Schmidt, uh, both helped protect the Catholic Church and the Archdiocese of St. Louis, not the people of Missouri. And that, you know, that's that's unacceptable. They'll pass. They try to pass themselves off as as good Christians, Hawley, especially uh, as good Catholics. But the fact is, is that when push came to shove, they yeah. chose to protect the church and not children. They always go for tradition instead of uh, integrity, you know, the right thing. So, right. And, you, you know, it's they're, they're tempted and there's lots of temptations out there. And I'm sure the Catholic Church is throwing money at them. But the fact is, is that in their in the, at the moment that they were tested, they failed that test. That all goes back to August 2018 and the Pennsylvania grand jury report and everything. And but, you know, the fact is they they failed the test. Have you heard of uh, uh, Cardinal Bertoni? Uh, they, they say that he was 
I don't know, because they say there's like a gray pope, which is like uh, Pepe Orsini. There's like a black pope, which is the, the the gentleman that runs the Jesuits. And then the white pope, which would be the Pope Francis right now. And then they say there's like a pink pope. This could be conspiracy. Maybe I'm, I'm crazy, but this gentleman is supposedly like in charge of uh, doing stuff like this. He was in charge of the Vatican Bank. And also he's in charge of hiding this type of stuff. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of him. Uh, it, it's a uh, cardinal. It's I, I. It's very hard for me to pronounce. Uh, it's a uh, T A R. Hold on, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, Tarsesio Bertoni. Yeah, Bertoni. I, yeah, yeah. I know the I know the name, and well, I don't know exactly how they're organized with the colors and everything, uh, but th there is a lot of corruption up there. Well, and I and I will say that that Pope Francis, the White Pope, whatever is uh -huh. really a figurehead. And I was having this conversation with a guy yesterday. The reason Pope Francis is in charge is because he projects the right image, which is that of a kindly grandfather. So people trust him and all that right. stuff. Even though and I know, and I have my story involves and implicates Pope Francis. Yeah. So Pope Francis in 2019 in the aftermath of the pennsylvania grand jury report passed a law called vocestus lux mundi or just vocestus that law vocestus lux mundi provided a bill of rights for survivors and a code of conduct for bishops which is great it's awesome you know it you know vocestus was just a powerhouse the problem is is that vocestus was never enforced they yeah. passed the law but they never enforced the law and this, and this is where I implicate another cardinal of the Catholic Church, Cardinal Sean O'Malley. I have a letter from Cardinal Sean O'Malley. Uh, basically, I went to, so, so Valsestis 2019 gives survivors all these rights. So as soon as I'm given these rights by the Catholic Church, I start to assert myself under those rights, under that law of Osestis. I said, okay, Osestis gives me these certain laws, so I, here I am asserting those laws. You know, you kind of march into downtown and you march to the police station and you just say, all right, I'm here. Let's let's talk. Let's start talking about stuff. Uh, the problem was is that, so I asserted my rights to the Archdiocese of St. Louis. They refused to do what they were supposed to do, what Pope Francis supposedly ordered them to do via Vosestis. Uh, I actually ended up contacting Cardinal Sean O'Malley, who could be the next Pope, the first American Pope, because he's got that kind of kindly grand, meek grandfather kind of thing. But he's a, he's really, Cardinal O'Malley is a, is just a snake in a monk's friar. Uh oh. You know, but it's 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 all talk. It's ninety five percent PR, yeah. uh, and it's very terrifying. And people need to understand that. And I appreciate you know you're giving me the opportunity to spread the word about that. Yeah, it seems like a PR stunt because they put these rules and laws in into, and then the people are like, okay, they're finally doing something, you know. And then you, as a, most of the people are not survivors like yourself, so they don't out go and test the law, so they have no idea. Plus, they don't get to hear you, Chris, right. or all these other survivors. Because there was no platform at the time for them to come on and talk about. So they probably just, you know, they don't wonder what happened with that. Who knows? And they just keep on going to church, not knowing what's happening. Right. But in the background, well, and, and even hiding all these things. Yeah. And even even worse, there's so I came public. I went public in April 2018 in an article in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Uh, and basically told my story and the archdiocese, and this is the worst. They're like, well, we're not really going to say anything and we can't really say anything, but we will tell you that O'Leary's lying. Uh, 
So they told people that my story changed multiple times, which actually goes back to the story I told about Cardinal Dolan. Uh, they said O'Leary's story changed multiple times. Well, if the Archdiocese of St. Louis doesn't know about my 2002 conversation with Cardinal Dolan and with Nancy Brown, then how can they say that my story changed multiple times, given that they only met with me once in 2011? But what that did is that discredited me in the eyes of my parish and my family and all the Catholics in St. Louis and the Archdiocese of St. Louis just, just basically said, don't pay attention to this guy. He's a liar, even though, you know, every aspect of my story checks out. It's that, but that's just, that's how the Catholic church rolls. Yeah. And, and if you're, um, and if you're talking about something like that, and there's all these other witnesses that that are coming out as well, you know, I mean, if it takes one witness, maybe to, for someone to go to jail for murder, uh, you know, one witness, one eyewitness for someone to go to jail for murder to change a jury's opinion. And you got six people that are coming out right. and then you're just saying, oh, you guys must be lying or, or whatever. It's just at, at a point you got you got to take this seriously. And also, like I said, the police, man, like I don't understand, like, uh, you know, as a military uh, member, uh, ex-military and, uh, you know, law enforcement uh, how powerful are these, uh, you know, the Catholic church. And as, as you look, uh, you know, you, if you follow the money, it's crazy, you know, like the Vatican, they're making like 4 billion, uh, euros. Uh, they, they used to have, uh, they have like 177 million acres in, in America that they own. Uh, they, they're like one of the biggest besides, uh, uh, the crown estate of, of owning land, you know, and it's crazy. Like, so they own so much, uh, you know, and there's so much money flowing in, uh, and so much uh, money flowing into, you know, the Vatican and also like Peter's Pence and there was indulgence. There's all these different things that are going on with these with the church. And I'm not trying to say that they that the, the church shouldn't be making money. Uh, I'm just saying that there's a lot of stuff being hidden here. So there's a lot since there's so much money happening, it's just and so much power. They they're there when something like this comes up, it's like um, it's like something that the government would do you know they became like their own government almost right so man it's just it's terrible no, well and if they if they can't if they can't kind of leverage people using the jesus thing to get people to do things they've got enough money that they could just pay them off you know will you do it for 200 dollars an hour no how about 300 dollars an hour how about 400 dollars an hour how about 500 dollars an hour and eventually they will find someone who will do it they will find someone who's who's probably who will who will do it for a certain amount of money which is how the lawyers get involved and the pr people and everything and far too people are are willing to kind of bail out and just say no uh and do the too far too people are, are willing to do the christian thing there's you know there's there's too much money involved there's there's too much material wealth involved and it's it's you know it's it's very frustrating but it's very real and it's it's satan you know i've got a i've got a painting that depicts satan whispering and Cardinal Dolan's ear when he was at Immaculata, you know, saying, if you know, if you ignore this stuff, if you stop, if you stop, uh, you know, you, if you just turn a blind eye to what's what Father Valentine is doing to, to these children, I will give you power, fame all in your name, which is actually a well from your neighborhood, uh, Suicidal Tendencies, the band. Uh, that's a that's a line from Suicidal Tendencies, power, fame all in your name. Yes. And uh yeah, and that's that's another thing that happens. Um, you know, as as uh, Christians, I, I always say this on the show. You know, we cannot we can't judge for people for you know anything that's happened. You know, because in some cases, uh, Father Dolan could do this to somebody, and someone could uh, you know 
be scared of the opposite sex their whole life or it causes so much so satan loves it you know it causes so much confusion in their brain and it causes so many problems down the road uh trusting the opposite sex trusting people i mean it's it's such a uh terrible thing you know and and also post-traumatic stress disorder right. so much stuff you know and um and and he loves it because it's actually in uh the church the so-called you know uh church that everybody thinks is supposed to be the the big uh church you know and and, and as you do these studies it, it's just it's it's terrible um i guess it was also some money that they're removing i guess wasn't there supposed to be like some uh some money i guess there was like 56 million dollars they were supposed right. to they could have been sued for. They moved it to like a funeral fund. Then they set up $4 million for the victims instead of the 56 million that right. they're supposed to give. Yeah. There's a lot of money being moved uh, so that the people couldn't be compensated. And, and, you know, it's, it's terrible. No. And that's, and that's what Cardinal Dolan did in Milwaukee. Uh, and that's, so basically what Dolan did in St. Louis established him as a reliable member of the hierarchy, basically got him made. Uh, to use a mob turn, although I'll be the first to admit that that's not very fair. Uh, the mob doesn't mess with kids, uh, unlike the Catholic Church. All right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> or the or but, the um, the Mexican mafia either, you know, or or right. people that are in jail. Like what happens in jail is these people that are supposed to be um, the most unholy. You go to right. prison, and then if you do something like that to kids, they usually get killed, beat right. up, stabbed. But then you go to the most holy place, supposedly, and there's people that are hiding, people getting molested, and all that stuff. So now those, let's say they did come in and just infiltrate the Catholic Church with the FBI, and they took all these priests that are supposed to be holy fathers, which you should only call one father, that's the Father in Heaven, um, and they put them in jail. Those people that were supposed to be unholy would be actually more holy than them. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. very interesting how this is all working out, how the devil is just uh, muddying the well, you know, it like so bad. He's just muddying the whole, the whole well. And it's causing people to go, Oh, that's the Catholic church. Look what, you know, people that are atheists or people that are um, uh, against Christianity. That's something that they could use. Like, look, see, you can't even police your own people. Look what's going on there. You know? So it's uh it's definitely something like a foothold for them to use against us, which is terrible, especially when anything that happens to children, because man, it doesn't matter if you're atheist or it doesn't matter if you are a, a believer. You know, anything that's happening to children, an innocent child, is is uh, is terrible. You know, it's you feel within your your gut, you just feel like it's just so wrong. You know, so well, and I and I do try to make the point to people that you know that I am still a Christian. I explain that to people, you know, I explain Thank how God. it happened. Thank no, God. It, well, and it's, Thank you know, you some Lord. of the worst things that, well, the, the thing that kind of, kind of got me on that path and, and helped me understand the difference between the church and Jesus was, so there's the Pennsylvania grand jury report, which is August, 2018. The archdiocese of St. Louis held a massive reparation, uh, which, I ended up standing vigil out out front of, and there's a picture on the internet of me standing vigil outside the Cathedral Basilica in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. And I was shunned by all the priests, all the fathers in attendance uh, who were who were just following orders, following the orders of the Archbishop. Uh, but that incident kind of made me realize that, well, I kept getting these images. I could look, I could look through the doors and and down the aisle and see kind of Christ hanging on the cross way at the end of the aisle. And I kind of realized that 
what I was doing was closer to Christ in what Christ did than anything that these priests or archbishops or anything was doing. And really, it was kind of at that moment that I kind of cut out the middleman and just started to realize that, okay, let's let's stop. Let's stop listening to these guys. These are people uh, because there's the middleman, the, the middleman is kind of taking them off of the path. Let's just kind of keep the eyes focused on on the cross and on Jesus and and not just the cross, but how Jesus lived his life. And I and I will say, you know, and I've said this before, I really think that the the Catholic Church is being devolved into a death cult by the hierarchy of the Catholic Church. They're so focused on the cross and on Christ's death that they ignore the 99.9% of Christ's life. You know, I do think, you know, it's obvious that communion was a sacrament instituted by Jesus Christ, although it's only in three of the four of the four gospels. Uh, it's not in John. Uh, but there's so much more to, to Christ and to Christ's life than just the Eucharist. To just focus on the Eucharist is to really... That, it's like I, a really... They're focusing on religion instead of relationships. So it's right. like if you do something over and over, if you pray <laughs> to God, like Father God, in the name of Jesus, uh, thank you for this daily bread. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. It's like if you repeat it and repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, like you don't have a relationship with God. Right. All you have is right. a religion because God right. wants to be there and wants to speak to you, wants to know your heart, wants to know what's going on with you. You want it's just like me talking to you. If I kept on being like a robot and AI and just telling you the same thing over and over and over again, you know that there's no heart there, no feeling. All there is, and there's no love all there is is just i'm only doing this to try to get to heaven because it's work-based instead of being like a relationship and we're saved by grace through faith you know through faith in god you know and faith entails yeah it doesn't tell works that's one of the byproducts but um you know you were talking about that was perfect uh explanation that focusing on jesus right um it's like peter when he was walking on water that's what happened. He was focusing on right. Jesus and he was able to walk on water. And that's like a miracle to do. But then as soon as he realized he's in the water, he looked on the ground, boom, he fell off into the water. So that's a really good explanation, you know, and, and we know that, um, you know, no, it says that no man shall boast in that verse I was talking about too. There's, you know, no mother Teresa, no Pope, no Bishop, no Cardinal, no saint, uh, no Peter, no Paul, no John, no man shall boast, right? Only God gets the glory. And that's what happens when you go in and you speak to a, a father and say yeah this is what happened this is what happened you know your hundred sins or whatever you want to tell the guy and who knows what he's doing with that he could be a weirdo you know like the people you're talking about he could be taking that information like oh you did this sexually you did this sexually and maybe he uses that to go do something with himself or whatever but anyways uh i think it's uh it's important to know that it says that there's only one way to the father and that's jesus christ and that's it and it also does say, I mean, there, there's a verse in the Bible that says, don't call anybody else on earth father besides your father in heaven. And it's kind of interesting how they took that word father and they put it to all the priests, you know. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know the, the history behind that or why they would do that. But I thought that's interesting. Um, well, I'll I'll say so. So one of the things about my abuse process, kind of speaking to that is, you know, there's a question of what it does to you. And what it does to Catholic priests and, and how it kind of builds them up in, inside their minds. And, and the church absolutely builds them up beyond the point where I think humans can handle it. And I think that's there's a reason for that warning in the Bible, because the basically the, you know, God through the writer is basically saying, you know, this kind of stuff, human, mere human beings can't handle this. And I know that because I felt it myself. So part of my abuse process involved my abuser 
giving me, teaching me the Eucharist, teaching me how to consecrate the Eucharist, giving me the quote unquote, supposedly giving me the power of the Eucharist, which completely went to my head uh, when I was a child. Uh, so basically, the, the one of the ways my abuser got at me was he he told me he was teaching me the consecration prayer that would turn ordinary bread into the body of Jesus Christ. Now, he did that solely to distract me and to confuse me and so that I wouldn't pay attention to what he was doing to me down there, to the way he was touching me, because I was so focused on the Eucharist and handling the Eucharist, which Catholics are told is literally the body of Jesus Christ. I was so focused on that that I was I didn't pay attention to what he was doing to my body in terms of the abuse stuff. But I've wondered, I know what, and he, and he told me that, he told me he could give me that power because he knew I was so special, and because I was so special, I could handle this stuff, and he shouldn't be doing this stuff, but he knew because I was so special that I could handle it, and just kind of blah, 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 manipulate, 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 uh, but I know what just the mere thought of being of being given that power did to me, and it didn't do good things to me. It it made me arrogant and misogynistic and turned me into a jerk and really kind of affected me for my life. But you know, to to the point of all right, why didn't I why didn't I say anything? Well, because up until the point where I had children, this is one of the coolest moments of my life when a priest gave me the power to consecrate the Eucharist. But it completely went to my head. And if it went to my head, how could it not also go to the head of a priest who's given the same thing? And in a lot of ways, built up even more. You know, priests are built up far more than this priest. This, this one priest built me up, you know, over a, a five-minute period. Imagine being built up like that over a period of four years or eight years. Yeah. That's, yeah. And especially if you're a child and you have that kind of power, you feel like it's like almost like a magic power or something. Oh, no, absolutely. That's, you know, why didn't I tell anyone? Because this because this priest gave me this almost magical power to transform bread into the body of Jesus Christ up until the moment that I had kids. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. And I have really kind of, you know, I, I understand the, the fact of the Eucharist and the sacrament, or I understand the, that the Eucharist was, uh, was a, a moment given to people into the church by Christ, but I think the Catholic Church has perverted it. And I see some concerns that the Presbyterian Church is not doing it exactly right and kind of trying to center things around too much around the Eucharist and not enough around Christ. And the problem is that if you center it around the Eucharist, then that can distract you from Christ and you get the separation where theoretically they're the same, but over time, this gap and this distance can grow, can grow between Christ and the Eucharist. And then you get an idol and the, <laughs> yeah. you know, thus, thus the warning is in the Bible about idolatry and a lot of the Eucharist revival that's going on in the Catholic church feels like idolatry to me. Well, just like you talked about it, it you were feeling that form of idolatry when you're feeling that power, you know? Um, and Jason, anything you have to add? I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, no, no, no. There's, I just, I'm just I'm just listening, and then they they treat it as a as it's not not an accomplishment. So, you know, the yeah. death the death on the cross was an accomplishment, and it was a it was it was not a tragedy. So, you can't treat it as such. And when you you celebrate things like that, yes, you do go to forms more religious than the relationship. And it's uh you know some people they they look they chalk it up as this is my 
my way towards Jesus. Like they, they give it, say, Oh, that you have your way. We have our way. Like there's a way it's weird. And, and, and some of them, they defend it. They'll defend it till the end. And, and some of them even know they're like, Hey, yes, there was, you know, uh conspiracy to, to, to commit. Uh, I, I feel like it's passed down from eight, eight, like from top to keep going down, down all the way down the whole thing. Because if, if you're taught to manipulate that at, at, at such a young age, and then you're you you like you said they build them up through years to the years and they 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 start to learn how to actually use it as a weapon and it's like you take every kid and you're like man and, and, and then you go and you and you all you, they think you confess your sin and then you're okay and and you can get to go back to do whatever you want and it's, it's not that's not how it goes it's like that's that's actually the opposite of what the what you're supposed to be doing and you're supposed to stop if you get you know recruited into this stuff in, into the, it's supposed to in your mind it's supposed to fix you and then when it doesn't fix you and it allows you to you know do what you want and still get away with it it's not uh that's not that's not that's actually the opposite of the gospel you're not supposed to do well, stuff like that no well and that's and that's a good point that's kind of a debate that's raging within the catholic church well and that's that's another problem with pope francis so one of the things that pope francis has has been talking about especially late lately is so during confession there's the idea of absolution one of the ideas that pope francis is putting forth is the idea of unconditional absolution and this is one of the problems with the catholic church in terms of confession basically unconditional absolution means that no matter what someone says or no matter what they do you should give them absolution for that well there's a difference between absolution for eating an extra cookie and absolution for murder yeah. uh, if you start giving absolution to murderers or you start giving absolution to anyone who ever abuses a pre whoever abuses a child to any priest who ever abuses a child you're going to get a lot more abuse because you're giving people a get out of jail free ticket and that's a debate that's kind of raging within the Catholic Church. And I'm actually on the side of the conservatives for some of that, because I think Pope Francis is really kind of crazy with this idea of unconditional absolution, because that seems to be what part of what happened during the sex abuse crisis is they didn't want to start judging people. So they just started giving absolution. So these guys would abuse hundreds of children. And my my abuser may have gotten 50 to 100 guys just at my parish and 500 to 1,000 overall. And I would argue that one of the things that enabled and emboldened my abuser was this absolution that he got in confession because he'd do it, then he'd get absolved, then he'd do it, then he'd get absolved. And that that's why it went up into the hundreds of times instead of being stopped after the first or the second time. Yeah. And um, like I said, and as a as a Christian, you know, you know, and, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have grace for people, you know, but, um, you know, they should, everybody should be treated the same, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a, a bishop or a pope, like I said, or, or anything, you know, and also we're not saying that in the, the Christian church that there's not bad things happening. Uh, and we're not saying within, you know, Muslim or any other religion, we're not just trying to pick on Catholics here. This is just your story and what you've been through. And this is just, you know, and this is obviously a widely spread event. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff has come out too about the Jesuits and, you know, all the stuff that they've done. And there's been a lot of information that has come out and it gets really interesting, you know, and, and, um, like I said, we don't want to pick on anybody. We just, 
Uh, well, and I and I will say it's it's not just the Catholics. The Southern Baptists have a huge problem. Yes. Uh, the Presbyterians have problems. The Mormons have problems. You know, basically anywhere there's power and there's money and there's status, there's Satan. Yes. You know, that's, exactly. That's, that's how it is. Like, yeah, getting getting a full a foothold on them, you know. So, yeah, and uh, there's also like there's a lot of power, money, and world domination in the Catholic Church. Uh, they say. You know, uh, I think it. I think it is a lot more powerful than we think. Uh, you know, I think Washington D.C. could be like the military hold. You know, if you look into the Bible, there's going to be like a new world order or one world government, one world religion, and it just seems like they're moving into that where they want uh, people from Muslim and Jewish and Christian to all come together, all pray together. Uh, you know, as as a Christian, if you study, you know, uh, between you know Muslim and and Christian, we're not praying to the same God. You know. If you if you if you think about it, you know, we're not praying to the same God. So I don't think we should all be together because they're not believing in Jesus Christ. We're not believing in in that aspect. Um, I'm not saying that we should all be fighting or, or warring or anything like that. But when it comes to worship, you know, it's it's it gets it's it's a fine line. You know, you see in the book of Daniel where it's supposed to be like a one world religion coming together, and it almost seems like it's catapulting into that with like the Abraham covenant uh, and, and this, these three churches coming together uh, out there in Saudi Arabia, I think it is. Uh, they're all together on the same platform, all worshiping together. And I'm not saying that uh, Jewish people are not worshiping the same God. Obviously, you know, it's different, you know, but uh, it's just. Um, well, I, you know, there's, there's the, I mean, what I go, what I go back to when I face this kind of question is, you know, you should know them by their fruits. Yes. You know, what, what are the fruits? And, and this applies to anyone, you know, it, it, and you know them by their fruits in terms of false prophets. Uh, that applies to Christians as equally to as to anyone else. Just because someone says they're a Christian or because they're orig the original Christian faith, which the Catholic Church harps on constantly, just because uh -huh. someone says they're a Christian doesn't mean that they're necessarily following the plan and following the word. So, you Amen. know... Amen, dude. Exactly. You know, you you have to, we've been given our intellect for a purpose, and the purpose of that intellect is to discern and to distinguish between the, the wolves and the sheep and to understand that there are there are wolves among the sheep. And it, like I've mentioned this one painting that I've got, and, and part of that part of that painting, there's a there's a mention of Cardinal Dolan, but there's also satan whispering in cardinal dolan's ear and giving cardinal dolan his uh sheep's cloak so that cardinal dolan can go among the sheep and look like a sheep and you know i've i've, I've mentioned this before in terms of cardinal mccarrick you know cardinal dolan is the person who turned in cardinal mccarrick but i think that what dolan was doing there was dolan was one wolf in sheep's clothing turning in another wolf in sheep's clothing in order to look like one of the good guys. But it's, you know, it's just one wolf turning in another wolf. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So, all right, well, this is a, a powerful uh, episode. We appreciate it. Um, it, uh, it looks like Jason, has, he's going to be going to, he's going to, he's coaching a football game and we got something going on. So yeah, um, sorry, man. I, I'm, okay. I'm, hey, dude. No, no problem. Man. So Chris, yeah. is there is there anything else you want to add? Like any last words you want to tell our audience? We'll have you, you know, back on maybe for uh, like a roundtable to talk about, you know, something. We'll uh, we'll work on it. Chris, well, powerful you know, message. I'm... Just want to let you know, powerful message. I do got to go though. Hey, thanks for everything, dude. I appreciate you. Uh, God bless you, and I and I hope uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Sorry, it's been I gotta go All fast. Right. All right, love you, bro. Love you too. All right, All right, Chris. You.
go ahead. You you could uh, you could finish up. Is well, there anything just, more that you, know, you did want to talk about? I mean, my brother has to go, but I don't really have to go immediately. No, I'm 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 okay. I've gotten kind of I've kind of hit on the key points. You know, on social media, I'm at Ivan does not on Twitter uh, X. Uh, I'm starting up Instagram. Uh, I'm on YouTube. Uh, Ivan does not. That that's kind of a story that goes back to kind of seventh grade and my trying to kind of establish my bona fides for my for my clients. Uh, Chrisleary.com/sins. As I said, if you if you search for uh, SQL Spotlight, you'll come across some of my writings. A lot of that's in kind of an early stage, but that's where I'm going to be doing a lot of the writing because I do think that kind of tying this into the movie uh, the movie Spotlight is one way for people to kind of understand this because Spotlight did kind of give the the Hollywood warm, fuzzy feeling, which yes. I'm sure the Catholic Church absolutely loved. But the fact is that things are a lot more complicated than that and, and people need to understand that. And I appreciate your giving me the opportunity to kind of get the word out about that, so. No problem. And what can you please give me that website one more time that you you said that we could kind of see your work? ChrisO'Leary.com slash sins. That's that's kind of all my writings where I tell all my story. Uh I'm gonna kind of reorganize that into this kind of sequel to spotlight approach. But ChrisO'Leary.com slash sins is where kind of all my writings that describe everything that happened to me, that's where all of those can be found. Okay. I just want to keep that in uh put that in the description so people can look that up yeah so look that up you can see it in the description below um we always uh like to end this in prayer so we'll go ahead and do that real quick father god in the name of jesus we appreciate everything you do for us um we we honestly just right now want to pray for all the victims and everybody that has been uh abused you know not just in the catholic church but abused period you know if you could please help them to heal and um anybody that is a uh, perpetrator of this or predator or anybody that has done this we ask that you um you know that they get caught you know and that and that, that all their sins are uh, uh, come to come afloat so that people can see what's happening and release the veil on all the people that are blinded by uh, these higher supposed higher power people, you know, in the, in the churches or any church, Catholic church, uh, any church that they're doing this. Um, we just want to say, God, we appreciate everything you do for us. We love you. We appreciate the food that we eat, the water that we drink, uh, the freedom that we have. Uh, we just want to say, Lord, please, Lord, if you could help uh, any of these gentlemen out, Chris included, uh, help them to to repair physically, mentally, and spiritually, Lord. If they have anything that's going on in their heart, you know, that's, that's causing them to not worship you or to not uh, read the Bible, if you could please just supernaturally break those chains. Uh, any demonic forces that are causing them to... to uh, to hate you, even though it's not you that did it, you know, please, if you could break those chains and any of these priests that are out there or, or any of these bishops or popes or anything like that, if you could uh, uh, help them as well uh, to not do this anymore and to, and to be healed, you know, I'm not trying to judge anybody. I just feel like anything that happens to a child, I have children myself, as you know, Lord, and, and I just know the innocence of them. And we're supposed to come to you like as with the innocence of a child, when we read the word of God, that's because they're, they're not judging other people. And we're not trying to judge here, Lord. We just want to say, please, if you could just help these people. And, and we appreciate the stories that they tell, protect them, put a legion of angels around them as they're exposing this evil, Lord, please. And also on our podcast as well. Thank you, God. We appreciate you in Jesus name. Amen.
Mm. Chris, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Um, also, I want to put out something real quick that uh, someone brought up to me. So the, our show is is Christian and conspiracy. So sometimes some people will talk on our show about like a secret society, for example. And sometimes maybe they go a little, they lean too far on it. They're trying to study, you know, if you're a secret society out there and you don't want us to talk about you, then stop being secret. You need to probably open up and let us know what's going on with you. So uh, there has been uh, an episode where this gentleman pointed out to me that, hey, this is not true about our secret society. And, and I just want to apologize to that gentleman. And I want to apologize to that secret society i'm not gonna name who it was when it was or anything like that i just want to say we're trying to do our best here you know to expose evil and what our whole purpose is is to lead you to christ lead you to the bible and show you that the bible is real and that we love the bible and we want you to love it as well so that's what i want to say and thank you guys for listening please subscribe to our youtube and uh subscribe to chris's youtube it's going to be linked below thank you guys and god bless you